welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, I almost forgot to say my name there. I, it, it almost like it didn't happen. Did you just well, forget what it was? I mean, I think I know what it is. I, it's like I forgot what I was supposed to do. But you said it in such a timely manner that no one would have known that had you not just called yourself out. Oh. So I, I respect the cell phone. I'm confused by it. <laughs> <laughs> I I believe that there is someone out there, one of our listeners, our faithful listeners, who could tell that there was just the the most infinitesimal pause before I spoke that indicated my confusion. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I sometimes... I won't lie. It goes from Riley Sparrow, and then you're like, "I'm Sydney McRoy," and I'm like, and I'm Taylor McRoy. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is That's always a, lie. <laughs> a good moment whenever we get like packages and stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll just get packages for Riley McRoy, <laughs> like if they come from like Max Fun or something. Like, oh, well, yeah. okay, I get it. <laughs> See the the cadence bothers me. I feel like I need to be Sydney Smurl on this podcast so that we we all match. I mean, you could be. It's still part of your name. Yeah, that's Smackeroy. true. McElroy. It is. Yeah, I go by first and middle name, like most people. Like right? most people. <laughs> What's your full name? My first and my middle name only, please. <laughs> uh, no, it, it's been a long day. I've been up lobbying at the Capitol, sisters. Ooh, for so. important causes. I think so. Keeping, I think so. Keeping guns off of Riley's campus. Mm-hmm. Trying to, what? probably failing, but I'll try anyway. Why did what? I don't know. I don't know. I I know that the thing is like what I'm giving into is the thing that the powers that be want, and it's the exhaust of caring. Like you just care for so long that you get tired of it and that's what they want so that we stop caring about things like this mm-hmm. but that's really bad there shouldn't be guns open carried on college campuses right i nope. i know city you've done the research so you can tell me why it's not okay yes but I, my gut feeling is oh i've seen people like couches on fire on campuses i don't think they should have firearms well, and they'll tell you, oh, don't worry, it's not open carry, it's concealed carry, it's fine. So you won't know oh, who has the gun. that's even better. You don't know who has the gun. <laughs> that's, ex- there's a, there's a guy who comes to our campus frequently who holds up a big sign that says repent or perish and yells at people walking by and like calls girls bad names and, and calls them out for being like inappropriate and stuff for what they're wearing and, uh. Just the thought of that someone like that, because he's allowed to be on our campus, I guess, like, do whatever, he can say whatever he wants, but the fact that someone like that could be on our campus and just, like, have a, a casual gun, no one would a know. casual gun. Casual gun, a no casual one would gun. have to know. Not a fancy gun, just a casual a casual gun. one. Like, can we just, like, Business like, that's fine. Gun. Can they go in, like, a, like, a little, like, a box? Like, okay, you want to have a gun? Great. Go in the box, the bulletproof <laughs> box with all the other gun owners. And take your class there. You can have your guns in that little box of guns. And you know what? If we have somebody attack the classroom, we'll hit the everyday hero button and you'll all be released. And that's how we're going to do it. Because up until then, you just stay in that little box with everybody else with a gun. Uh, they, they will. There is like provisions for like the campus has to provide like safes for students to lock their guns in and like places to put your yeah, gun because there my campus has class? money to spend on that while we are have educational buildings that are falling apart yeah, okay, yes you can fine. take them to class and there, there was a th- this a similar bill i think was almost passed in arizona and that was part of the problem is that the estimated cost was like a one-time cost of 13 million and then three million a year and hey i go to like a relatively small school in a pretty small town in a pretty small state we don't have money for that y'all what are you like what what are you doing we're in the middle of budget cuts and a hiring freeze i know this is very exciting comedy podcast stuff yeah i'm sorry sorry anyway (laughs) i don't think you should apologize at all yeah sometimes we do comedy podcasts but sometimes we also just tell you guys about like hey here's a thing you should care about i hope somebody cared about this today if you did great job thank you if you you live in west virginia and you care about it i would urge you to call your delegates and probably senators starting tomorrow because i think it's going to pass the house tomorrow 
Maybe it won't. Let's hope I'm wrong. Let's hope not. Um, um, but we have, uh, maybe this leaves you with many questions as to why this would be occurring. <laughs> My first question is why? <laughs> speaking I don't of, have anything to follow that up with. Speaking of questions. Sydney, <laughs> this isn't a surprise. We asked them for questions like three weeks in a row. We, we asked you all for questions about teens. And now we have answers and about teens. You delivered. So now we are delivering you with some hot and ready answers. This was all over the place. This was as bad as my <laughs> transition. Like pizza? Like the pizza delivery? Uh-huh. Hot and ready. We're hot delivering you ready. those those hot and ready teen answers. Little Caesars. I don't think those are ready for delivery. I think you have to go pick them up. Well, <laughs> no, I think you just get them as soon as you get there. I'm almost positive that's how it works. Yeah. Uh. Does that mean we should start with a question? Yeah, d- give us yeah. a question. Okay, Riley. so our first question comes from Bridget, who asked, "What do you do when someone asks if you can hang out, but you really don't want to?" <laughs> That's a great question, Bridget. And I'm going to mm. preface this with, "Don't do what I do." <laughs> what is it that you do, Cindy? Uh, I am really ashamed to admit this, and I am not in any way advocating for this move. Or saying it's a good thing or a nice thing mm-hmm. or a good friend thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I've said before on the show, I'm not a particularly good friend. It's something I've worked on in my life because mm-hmm. I'm not naturally good at friending. Uh, what I tend to do, and this is not my intent, but I, I say yes, that I will out of guilt immediately. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then like apologize at the last minute and say I can't. Yeah. And it's yeah. terrible. But I, because I'm so, it's so hard for me to say I can't on the front end. Yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. Because I don't want to let people down. And then I let them down even worse. So like, I'm, it's bad. It's bad. I think, and I used to do that a lot too. Um, I think it's really just, I, I think it's really important to know your social energy levels and to not treat them like like well there's something wrong with me that i don't want to go out with this person that i like that i think is cool like if if you're like if you just don't want to it's better to be upfront about it and i mean i get that that's hard to say like i think it's better to keep it open-ended that's what i do like yeah sure i'll hit you up and i will when i feel like i'm in the time and space to do it but it's hard to like operate on other people's schedules when maybe you have like a, I don't know things that make socializing hard for you and maybe that's part of what this is I know I have those like I kind of have to go on my schedule like when am I energized enough to see another human that's up to me sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah this is something that I've had to get better at now that I live with people that I am also friends with because before, like, if someone asked me if I wanted to hang out and just text me, like, after school or whatever, I could say, like, well, I have a lot of homework or I'm really busy. Like, I have this to do. It's like, they don't, they don't really know. Like, I, it is a bad thing to lie. But also, like, if I just have to tell someone why I can't do something, if I really don't feel like it, like, socially or mentally or whatever, like, they don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, but when you live with people <laughs> who ask if you want to hang out, you can't be like, oh, yeah, I got to really really uh important assignment or like a really uh important uh interview to go to this evening like they they know if you don't and then you're just binge watching netflix <laughs> and you're just binge watching yeah. netflix yeah. um so i've had to get better about being honest with people like hey i appreciate your offer but i just really don't feel up to to doing anything right now maybe maybe later this week i i think i yeah. think that's the the right answer is and, you know, I think it's a cultural thing and maybe it varies where you're from, like where you grew up mm-hmm. in the United States. I don't know if it's like a countrywide thing. I know certainly in this area, it's very hard if somebody says you want to do something and your answer is just, nah, I don't really feel like doing that. Saying that there's there's no like nice way. We don't have mm-hmm. like a good polite way of saying that. Even if you say it, no matter how nice you are about it, I still feel like there's a, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay, then. You don't want to hang out with me. Like, I don't feel like we have a nice interaction programmed into our <laughs> culture for, it's true. I like you a lot, and I do want to spend time with you at some point, just not right now. 
because I just don't feel like going somewhere. And it's not you. If anyone invited me, I'd say no right now. Right. Or it's not you. It's that I really need to spend some more time with my kids tonight. Or I kind of just want to hang with my husband on the couch tonight. Like yeah. there's no, I feel like there's just no good way of saying that that doesn't come across as I don't want to spend time with you. Yeah. Even but, if that's not what you mean. Right. And I do think that is cultural because the, the idea of that the reciprocal understanding of like an offer and a rejection, but not a rude rejection. Like we kind of have any rejection is a rude rejection. And I, as I say that, I'm like, mm, that goes deeper into our culture than we're aware of. Yeah, I, I but, think it does. Like uh, one of the things that I love in like Japanese culture is there's like a, you know, when somebody asks you to do something, you can say, mm, chotto, which kind of means like a little bit. And that's a that's a culturally acceptable way of saying, I kind of want to do that, but I can't. And you don't have to say why. You can sort of say like, yes, but not like a little bit. And that's okay. And, and when my one of my Japanese teachers, when she was first over here, like when she would be like refusing like a date or a hangout, she'd say what she thought was the American equivalent or the English equivalent, which was, oh, s- sort of, but, <laughs> and just kind of trail off. And it's like, that is, that didn't work. People are like, oh, because so you want to? Like, well, yes, but like, oh, no, this isn't working because it's like, but it's a recognition of like just as much as I'm putting myself out there asking you to do something with me, you're putting yourself out there answering honestly. And so mm-hmm. I will respect the sort of like, you know, like pulled back answer of, well, sort of, but dot, dot, dot. It's the dot, dot, dot <laughs> that I wish was was acceptable in in our culture yeah no it's it's really interesting because we don't we don't have that at all and i mean i think i think that's the right answer is like and maybe that's maybe if we all work to make that a more normal thing Mm -hmm. an accepted thing i and maybe you have to be very explicit about it i love spending time with you i love hanging out with you you're a good friend you're a buddy you're a whatever your relationship Mm -hmm. is (laughs) and i love that but I am just, I, I'm not feeling like doing much tonight. I kind of just want to chill out on my own and I really appreciate it. Is there some time next week or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like make right. future plans while saying no to current plans. Right. I think that that's a nice buffer is to say, but you know what? Next weekend or this night, I would really love if we could hang out. Are you free? Could we make some plans? Because then it, you're making it very clear that it's not about the person. It's just right now. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I feel like some of my best friends are the people that like either I make the plans or they make the plans and half of the plans get get canceled because one of us say, yeah, I'm in my underwear with my dog or my cat and that's just where I want to be right now. And we all understand that. And that is so freeing to like be to that point with people in a friendship where you're like, yo, where did I get that? Like, yeah, if that's where you're at, I understand. <laughs> I might be there next Tuesday and cancel on you. Well, and I mean, sometimes it's just like you have total plans to do something you think is going to be fun. And then the day rolls around and it just turns out to be an exhausting day where like mm-hmm. stuff goes wrong or it's just hard or it's just a bad day. And you end up in a mental place where you just can't go out and enjoy and relax and have fun. Yeah. And that's a hard, that's just hard to explain that because we don't have a good yeah. shorthand. Well, and sometimes I'll even offer that, like, to my friends that I know closely, like, we'll plan, like, you know, oh, let's go see a movie or whatever. I'm like, you know what? That's not where I'm at. But if you want to come over and order takeout and watch a movie on my couch while I, like, chill in my pajamas, you that's cool. Like, yeah. you know, so there's, like, you know, like, I think it's always important to be honest. Sometimes going out when you don't want to leads to a good night. But I also think, like, your, your feelings and your emotions and your well-being come first. And your friends, if they're your friends, should mm-hmm. respect that. And if all else fails, just say you have diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no the one ever asks questions. ultimate conversation ender. Mm-hmm. Don't do oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't I have really bad diarrhea. I've got to stay close to home. Okay. <laughs> That's how it. you lose friends forever. <laughs> no, they just don't. They just wait for you to reach out. They just, I mean, that's, the ball is now totally in your court. Like, now you get to decide yeah. when the next interaction happens. Because until then, they're going to assume you have diarrhea. For the next several <laughs> weeks. I don't know. I feel like someone tells you that. That's their way of saying never again. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Bridget actually had two questions. Are you all ready for, for part two? Yes. Yeah. They asked, what do you do if someone you don't know very well asks you a random question and you don't know the answer, but you want to be smart? <sighs> don't. 
I would say don't make up an answer. Well, no. or do. What? No. no. So these are your two options. Okay. <laughs> make up an answer or don't. I'm just saying that sometimes it's something that like someone asks you and you might not know exactly what the answer is, but you can kind of like context clues, like figure something out that you think might be right. And you're like, well, I think it might be this. Like, you know, I think this might be like you what you're looking for. And then like, if you're wrong, if you say it in a way that's like, you know, I'm really not sure, but like, I, I could be totally wrong, but I was like, I don't know if that would be the answer. If you're wrong, like, well, they didn't know. But if you're right, they're like, man, they were really knowledgeable about this one random thing. You know what I mean? I uh, <laughs> I think I think one you're at risk of spreading misinformation, which may yes. be no big deal. It may be like, who is the actor who was in blah 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 and played this role? And you just name somebody, and they're like, oh thanks, I and you're wrong. totally like, wrong. Totally might be wrong. I think it was like Jennifer Lawrence or something. And yeah, look it up. And like wow, they really and knew. like that's not like the end of the world, right? Yeah. If you gave them that, or like it, you at they ask you like a really important question about like. I don't know the chemical composition well, of something that could be flammable. And if it was then really you told important, told them the wrong thing, and now their lab exploded. If it was really important, I would say I didn't know. Because it's important to say you don't know when you don't the, know. The truth is always important, Riley. But like, <laughs> sometimes I just think I know that actress that was in that movie, and I just want to like say I think I know it because I'm white. You know what I, I mean? Uh, I, I understand that, but I do think I remember a very distinct like point where like as somebody that, like was a very insecure kid, like I always tried to know the answer. And if I didn't, I would at least try to like guess at it because I felt like I'd lose points with people if I didn't know the answer. Mm-hmm. It was like a cultural thing or whatever. And I found it very freeing to get to the point with my own personal confidence to say, you know what? I don't know that. I've never seen that movie. I've never played that game. I've never heard of that artist. Tell me about it. What do you like about it? Like what, like, I, I don't, I think that it's, it, you know, it's, it's better to be honest about the things you don't know and give yourself an opportunity to learn and give yourself an opportunity to hear from somebody else why they like are talking about that. Give them opportunity to tell you about that mm-hmm. than to just try to cut it off like, oh yeah, I know about that. Like, sometimes we do that to seem, like, cool or, com- or like, aware or, like, smart or in tune. And I think we end conversations that could begin and be really positive with an, you know what, I don't know. I, I think you're absolutely right, Tay. I actually think that's an, a really, it's something I've learned as I've gotten older. It is a, yeah. and I, I really think it's something that as you age, you start to realize about yourself and other people. Um, because when I was younger, I always wanted to know the answers. I was right. like, I liked the the view of myself as an intelligent person. And so I thought, well, I have to know everything or else people won't think I'm smart. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that to like get people to to like form bonds with people, to connect with people, not just make them think you're smart, but like to truly connect with them, that the vulnerability of saying, I don't know, it's actually really powerful. Um, and I, if you start to think about people in your life who like you really enjoyed their company, you'll realize they're people who are very free to say, tell me about that or teach me or I would love to learn about that from you. Like those people are always, yeah, they're, they're, they're the people you like become attached to really quickly because that interest in you and in other people, it's infectious. You love that. So yeah, if you're, if you're looking for ways to like, and I don't think you have to look for ways to ingratiate yourself with like friend groups. I don't think that you have to do that. I'm not saying that that is an important thing is how, how can I make people like me? Um, no, be you, do your thing. But don't ever be worried that not knowing something is going to make people not like you because I actually think it has the opposite effect. Often. I agree. And the people that will judge you, like I, I, I live in the nerd world. And yes, sometimes people love to put, especially females on trial of like, well, do you know about this? What do you know about this? I'm like, I don't know about that. And if that matters, I'm not your friend and I don't like you. <laughs> Go away forever. <laughs> Goodbye. It was sort of like when Riley looked at me in shock today and said, you've never seen Marley and me? And I was like, what? <laughs> no, not that you not Is that you've never thing? seen it. Not that you've never seen it. That you didn't even know what it was about. It's like a movie with uh, Rachel and a dog, right? A Rachel. I thought Jennifer Aniston was in it. Is she? 
See, I, I didn't even know I, Jennifer Aniston was in it. You know knows about it. I just know it's about... You were in shock that I was, I was because ignorant I f- of Marley and Me. Because I feel like everyone knows Marley and Me is the really sad movie about... Oh, don't spoil it for well, people who might want to see it. It's just about a dog and something sad happens to the dog. And we were talking about movies where sad things happen. I was like, well, yeah, like, you know, like everyone knows about Marley and Me. And you were like, I'm assuming that's a movie where something sad happens to like a dog or something. You're so good at covering this. Wait a second. I got to backtrack, though. You just didn't know that Jennifer Aniston was in it. But that's not the (laughs) important part. I didn't say I'd seen it. I specifically (laughs) told Sydney I hadn't. <laughs> See, look how we all feel so good about our our shared vulnerability that none of us have seen Marley and me. I I have not. I did know it was Jennifer Aniston. I was just saying that I feel like if, if you haven't seen Marley and me, you know it's about a dog that dies. <gasps> you ruined the movie. Oh, no, I haven't because everyone else on this planet knows that. The reference for that is Old Yeller, by the way. If you want that reference, it's Old Yeller. <laughs> It was a book first. I even knew it was a book first. I think. What's our next <laughs> What's our next question? I think. I think. She says well, about a fact she doesn't know but is going to pretend she hey, knows anyway. Hold on. You know what? We're going to uh, clear this, this up. Is not, this is becoming the Marley and Me podcast now. Welcome to the Marley and Me podcast. It's Jennifer Aniston and Owen Wilson, maybe? Yes, Marley and Me was a book first. The Marley and Me podcast, hosted (laughs) by three people who've never seen Marley and Me, and two of which have a passing knowledge of some aspects of the film. It was a book first (laughs) by, it was an autobiographical book by journalist John Grogan, published in 2005, about the 13 years he and his family spent with their yellow Labrador retriever, Marley. That's beautiful. I'm sure it's an excellent film. I I will not be seeing it, but I am sure that it's great. Yeah. Um, you know what? Actually, before we do another question, <laughs> we spent so much time. Talking oh, about I know we took we talked about Marley and me too long. So, uh, let's go to the group message. I almost called it a thing that's not from our podcast, it's from someone else's podcast. And I Don't remember what that. it's called in our podcast. Don't do that. Don't steal. Uh, Riley, we have a sponsor this week that we'd like to tell everybody about. Who we is do. it? It's a new sponsor for us. It is a new sponsor. This week, Still Buffering is brought to you in part by Native. Native has an aluminum-free deodorant that has something in it for everyone, whether it's a wide variety of enticing scents for men and women, like uh, coconut and vanilla, eucalyptus and mint, limited edition seasonal scents i know it smells great i've actually been smells wonderful yes i've actually been using native for like uh a year and a half now really um it's my go-to deodorant it's formulated without aluminum parabens and talc it's filled with ingredients found in nature Uh, it's made in the usa with ingredients thoughtfully sourced from around the world no animal testing and free shipping and returns um you can even subscribe to Native and save 17%, which is $2 per stick, and have Native conveniently delivered to your door every one, two, three, or four months whenever you need new deodorant so you don't wake up one day and you're like, oh no, wait, my armpits smell bad and I ran out of deodorant. <laughs> it's just delivered right to your door. And then everybody's just going to call you smelly. Well, not if you subscribe to Native. No one's <laughs> going to call you smelly. And there are free returns and exchanges in the United States. Um... I enjoy using native deodorant. It makes my armpits not smelly. Um, I, it's a great deodorant. I've been using it for a long time. And I know a lot of people that use it. Introduce me to it. It's natural. It's it's. And it really is the best smelling deodorant I've, yeah. ever, I've ever used. Yeah. Yeah. Hands it, down. It doesn't have that, you know, that kind of generic deodorant scent that like even if you're sweaty, sometimes mm-hmm. people can smell like, oh, well, you just smell like deodorant after right. you have sweat. It doesn't smell like that. It smells like you're wearing a very nice, like the fragrant perfume. Which is cool for someone like cool. myself who I can't wear a lot of perfume. Exactly. I can't tolerate that. So I smell good anyway. <laughs> um, it's either my hair or my armpits. One of the two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Taylor, if our listeners want to try Native, what should they do? Well, you can get 20% off your first purchase. Uh, just go to nativedeodorant.com and use our promo code BUFFERING during your checkout. So, yeah, so check out uh, 20% off your first purchase. 
That's a lot. Visit nativedeodorant.com and use our promo code buffering. Check that out. Um, you know what else I want to check out? Our next question. This next question. Woot. Sorry. That's what okay. is it? Uh, Grayson asks, the other day, my boss asked me if I thought Instagram or Snapchat was more popular. I told him Instagram is bigger with the hip teens of today, while Snapchat is more popular with people in my age range, mid-twenties. Do you guys think this is accurate and that Snapchat will become obsolete as their user base ages? I am, I am surprised at that answer because I, and I have no idea, but if I had to <laughs> guess, I would have guessed that Instagram is actually popular with slightly older, only by comparison mm-hmm. here to teens. Right. I don't mean old, not old like me, like real old. You're not old. Like slightly older people. And that Snapchat was po- more popular with the younger, like teen and yeah. and just past teen kind of age. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, I would have said the same thing. I, I agree with you, Sid. Um, even though you, I don't think you use either platform. I have Instagram. I haven't posted on it in like a, two years. A you year sometimes like my gram. Instagrams. I do. I do. I look at <laughs> you your like my Instagram. I like your I like your grams. <laughs> Instas. Instas or grams? If we're going to use one of the two grams. Okay. I like your grams, but Thanks. I don't post my own very often. Um, I don't know. I feel like I follow a lot more people on Instagram and have people follow me that are either my age or older mm-hmm. and that it's used by a lot of people. And like, I mean, honestly, I feel like out of the people I follow and, and that follow me i am around the youngest age group that uses it frequently i know there are people younger than me that use it but out of the people i i witness on my feed and stuff and i know that spend a lot of time using it it's usually people are you know college age 20s i i would have go ahead tay i i think that it's not that instagram is older or younger i think it's that instagram is overreaching and snapchat was a moment because I, I agree with you, like, Instagram mattered to our generation, Sid. Like, we yeah. got in on that. I never got Snapchat. And then, like, my younger friends, my friends that are around Riley's age, like, they're still using Instagram because there's such an influencer part of Instagram that matters. Yeah. So I feel like it's not that Instagram was for old people or young people and Snapchat was for old people or young people. It's that Snapchat is kind of a moment, whereas Instagram's overreaching, you know? Yeah. It's like... Like, kind of how MySpace kicked stuff off, but Facebook kind of took it over. But, like, it just, like, Instagram sort of eclipsed Snapchat. Yeah. I I, uh, I would have ranked them in ascending order of age. <laughs> well, so, youngest to oldest. Uh-huh. I would have started with Snapchat. Really? And then gone to Instagram. And then gone to Twitter. And then, then Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Which I is agree with for that. moms. Yeah. Um, and Pinterest is everyone. Pinterest is all, except me. I don't use Pinterest. I love Pinterest. I don't know. I don't understand Pinterest. Um, I still don't know. And when I good. Google something, and one of the results is a Pinterest thing, I can, It's like it's. I can't find it. I can't click on it. It's. I might as. It might as well not exist. I want my Google searches to exclude all Pinterest posts because I don't <laughs> yeah. know how to interact with what that links me to. I. I definitely <laughs> Pinterested uh, for a small period of my life, um, and I think I believed if I pinned enough things on the cute boards that my life would get better. And then I realized that that just wasn't how it worked. Like, mm. I would spend all this time pinning all this cute like. Like, these are these empty frames that I should hang on my wall. This is this this lemonade that I should make. And um, none of it ever happened. <laughs> so I don't think <laughs> I just gave up on it and decided to focus on the real world. Uh, yeah, I, I don't I, uh, I guess I guess Snapchat is I think that was the best way of describing yeah. it. Today. I go with your answer. I, this is a very interesting yeah perspective it, it, to it, me it, and i mean it's got a vary from like group of people to group right. of, like what you and your friends are into i bet yeah. honestly i'm even phasing out of snapchat the only time i use it is i have several group messages the people i'm friends with in college like for mm-hmm. i mean people i have classes with and stuff but not everyone has an iphone and everyone has a snapchat so it's easier to make a group message if 
you know you all have iphones but if you don't we just have a snapchat group message mm. to like not even like send each other pictures like literally just use it like a like a text messaging thing that makes so. more sense as to i was about to say why not just a text message but that makes sense now that you say that yeah i hadn't thought about that angle yeah um okay snapchat yeah. you can continue to exist for now yeah <laughs> for now <laughs> for now um our next question comes from jacob who asks, I am curious about the types of technology, hardware specifically, that you all use, and if there's a clear line between age groups that determines what you use. I know you all mention the tech you use when it's relevant, but I'm curious how different generations use technology and how they perceive the use of particular hardware. Hmm. Hmm. Riley, do you want to start listing, like, on a regular basis, what kind of technology are you using? A regular basis? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, my my phone, mm-hmm. my iPhone, every day. Um, do Air do AirPods count? AirPods are like technology, right? Kind of. Yeah. Um. And then my laptop, I take to all of my classes with me, my MacBook to do notes and stuff. And then my desktop computer at home, I use to do all of the projects I have to use certain programs for. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of class projects where I have to use. Photoshop or Premiere or Illustrator, which are all Adobe things. So I have a um, a Mac desktop mm-hmm. that I use to do those. I'd say that's pretty much all I use on a regular basis. That's interesting. Mm. Tay, would you say you have more technology or less? Uh, I I don't know. I think it's it's the same but different. I mean, most of the time I'm just on my phone. I I I mean I do digital art, so I use like photoshop a lot and uh like screw out on the internet but outside of that like i don't know i think i think it's still it's still somewhat the same um i think the trust in technology differs from age group to age group though like i think that we like growing up we're kind of given a like well things you find on the internet aren't true whereas i think riley's group is kind of like it's absolutely true like i think that the ability to use technology for like the final outcome or like when somebody asks you a question like i don't know let's google that like that's only a recent thing that i've gotten comfortable doing so i do think like Mm -hmm. the amount of times that i use technology versus my own brain is maybe different you know that's interesting you say that because i was in one of my classes the same class i have to use like a lot of adobe stuff and the first day she asked us a question and none of us knew the answer and she said, well, I know you all have your phones there. Like, just Google it when I ask if you don't know it and just tell me what you huh. see on Google. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> okay. okay. I think that, like, it was, there was a weird pushback to that. Like, no, use your brain. It's like, but why? I have a tiny brain in my pocket that knows everything. Exactly. <laughs> or use a book. Like, that was a big pushback I remember getting was, we don't want a bunch of internet sources. We want you to go to the library and get books. Mm. Right. And that was, it was weird where how that transition like i mean now when i do research for my other podcast i i mean i have some books that i've collected over time that at times i'll reference because i already have the books and they're cool and i know that there's some good stuff in there i can draw from but the vast vast majority of stuff i'm referencing is from the internet yeah i mean i'm not going to the library every time i have to do a new episode Right. right nothing against the library love the library but like yeah i i rely on the internet for my research Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I I just you know the only piece of technology that I would add, I mean because for me it's just my phone and my laptop. Yeah. I mean that's really it. That's I don't I don't have any other other than I got an Apple Watch, and Ooh. I have been shocked at how much I use it. Mm. I just uh, I I do I too much, I guess yeah. I don't know. But I I have really come to love that, and I I am shocked that I actually I was very resistant to getting one, and now that I have one, I use it constantly. Really. Yeah. Well, it's largely because my children like to take my phone from me. Oh. So. so then you have a tiny phone. So I have a tiny phone and then I can yeah. look at my text messages and make sure I'm not missing them and check the weather. I check the weather on there a lot. <laughs> well, see, you, you got me an Apple Watch, Sid, and mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out how to integrate it because as a garbage person that breaks things, I'm like, this is a delicate piece of stuff. I love it on my runs. Yeah. I love it when I'm like up in the day and like grocery shopping and I can see like how much I walk and like my, my run lengths and like same weather, time, like text yeah. messages. That's great. But then there's a point of the day where I feel like Apple Watch 
the sun has gone down. You must go to bed now. <laughs> I take mine off in the evening. Yeah. Uh, it's like, Taylor's going to work her bar shift now. Nothing but bad will come of you. <laughs> Is, are e-readers a thing like that people are using still? Uh, because I had one briefly and then... What? Yeah, I had a Nook. Like a tablet? Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I like had a, a Kindle Nook, too. Or a Nook. Yeah, I had I a had Nook um, for a while. But then, I, you know, this, I was going to say, like, I, I like books better. I just, I used to have, when school was easier, I had a lot more time to read what I wanted. And uh, now I don't have time to read what I want. And all the books I need for classes, we need physical copies because they don't I mean like you can't like yeah. get a I don't have an e-reader anymore. I can't get textbooks on my phone. And most of the time the only place you can get them is a physical copy. I can't so. read on my phone. I know oh, some no. people do I can't that. Read on my phone. Like and I just can't I mean I wish I could, but like it's just it's I don't know. There's something about the experience that I just find so unsatisfying that, I get that. other than when I have to, I don't I don't read for pleasure on my phone. Yeah. I would probably on an iPad. We have one. It's, again, largely used by my children and my husband, but I could use it for reading a book, and I would be fine with that, but generally speaking, I, I do book books. Yeah. I don't know. I felt like that was a weird, like, blind spot for me in my technology. It was you know? a weird... Like, why have I not engaged yeah. with this more? I just... It was... Yeah, I feel like most people I know that love to read love books. It's like... Yeah. Because I think we all did the same thing, like, oh, a tablet, we could have all the books in the world. I want to own the books. Yeah, it's it was so... a weird cultural moment where everyone was like, yeah, Nooks and Kindles, we're all going to have e-readers. And like, I, I was in like middle school and everyone I was in class with had some sort of e-reader instead of books to pull out during like designated reading time or whatever. And then I feel like all that just went away and all of a sudden everyone forgot about e-readers well, and went back to books is it just because tablets took over and like which yeah it could you be you can yeah. do a bunch of stuff and also read books right and so you don't need something that only reads books yeah but th- i mean the, but then there's iterations is, of the kindle and everything i was gonna say that's what the kindle became is yeah, it became, now it's not just a place to read books now you can do now like a tablet like a tablet yeah i don't know it, it's but I'm, i think a lot of people do and it makes a ton of sense it's the same thing for like why do we not buy dvds mm-hmm. if we can get all those movies somewhere streaming why why get the physical copies yeah. right but why why does that not translate as well to books for me right. i don't know because i couldn't tell you the last time i bought a dvd no or me something neither. or a cd or a cd or, yeah. yeah but i'll pay for it you know over the internet mm-hmm. but but with books i tend to still buy physical copies i don't know i don't know yeah, I, I could go like kind of nuanced about how I think like it's a book is an organic thing. Like, yeah, it's made of organic material. It decays. There's a point where it will it will no longer be here. We see it yellow and we see it get brittle. Like there is something like a book is like a pet. <laughs> a book is something that <laughs> you own and you take care of. And at one point it will leave you like I think that you you don't have that. Like you have that relationship with DVDs, but not the same. Like I still think that there is something about owning a book that is a temporal and permanence in your life that means a lot more yeah. without getting too deep about books. Yeah. <laughs> I, I share those feelings. I, I definitely see where you're coming from and I share your feelings about books, but I do recognize that like I can see the argument for the other side Yeah. for like, yeah. but you could have all your books here and when you travel, you could take 10 books with you if you want and right. not have to worry about room in your suitcase. Like I see that argument and I also see that like, Justin's every bit as attached to DVDs as I am to books. Mm. He won't let us get rid of any of our freaking DVDs. Mm. He yeah. loves them the way I love books. I don't understand it. I, I don't know. know. Mm. There's our I, technology. I, Do it, we got a little off track. Does that help yeah. with technology? technology. <laughs> I do think it is a weird point. Like I don't know what's going to happen with the e-reader in the future because I think that the people that would most enjoy having all the books at their access are the people that want physical books at their access. So I, I get that as a point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Are you all ready for another cue Go for, for us to it. A? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarah says, I am a sophomore in high school and I had a huge friend group last year. Long story short, a lot of them turned out to be kind of awful and spending time with them makes me really tired and frustrated. They still think of me as a friend. I don't know how to tell them that I don't want to be around them anymore. How do I break up with a toxic friend? Oof. That's a tough question. 
That's that's hard to do. That's hard to do no matter what age you are. Yeah. But I think especially when you're younger because your friends I mean, well, this is not necessarily when you're younger, but I think um yeah. so much of your world is defined by your friends because like you're they're with you at school probably mm-hmm. and so much of like your interactions and your schedule and like the things you do are all defined by those moments that you're with or not with your friends. Yeah. It's a lot harder than when you're an adult and you live in your own house and you go where you want to go. And like, right. if you don't want to see your friend anymore, you just don't. Yeah. I mean, even just like college, like I was thinking about that a lot. Like there was maybe some people I spent time with throughout school that I wouldn't have if we had just met in college or mm-hmm. not in a school setting because like you aren't forced to be around them and you know you have to kind of create your entire world in high school around the people you spend time with or else it can get lonely if you don't for a lot of people you want to find other people so you're kind of you know made to pick from who you're in school with that loneliness made me strong riley (laughs) made me strong but i know but actually i would agree with that i mean because that's the thing like i did not have (laughs) a lot of friends in high school no but really like And there were points where I decided, like, look, like, maybe I could sacrifice things about myself to have more people like me, but that means I'm sacrificing things about myself. And it's the harder road to walk when you're on your own, but ultimately, if it means that I'm not changing myself or denying parts of myself to be agreeable to other people, like... I don't ever want it to come to that, but if it comes to that, then that's, I think that's okay. I think like, you know, the idea of a toxic friend is crazy because a friend should never be toxic. If it's someone who's toxic, they're not your friend. Your friends are people who like, what is, what is the definition of a friend? It's someone who accepts you, someone who, who loves you, someone who has your back. And if those people aren't that, then, you know, they're not friends to begin with. And being alone is always harder. And I'm never going to say, yeah, go it alone because sometimes you know for she'll sheer like like strength you need to have people in your corner and you'll sacrifice some parts of yourself to have people in your corner but you know ultimately like if you know somebody's toxic for you it's not a matter of it's a friend that's toxic it's someone who's toxic and you need to do whatever you can to get away from them yeah i mean for sure and i and i would i would look at it this way it's not like you know if the relationship is bad you're not hurting them by not being their friend anymore yeah. Right. because yeah. you're getting nothing from this relationship. And as a result, I guarantee that it's not like, it's not like you're sending off vibes that like, but everything's cool and right. I love you and everything's, I mean, I guarantee this other person knows it's a, it's a bad relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like you're not letting them down or harming someone. It's a bad relationship. It's not good for you. It, you know, it's not going to be good for the other person either. It's for the best that you don't be in that relationship anymore. Yeah. yeah. Which That's... is true, whether it's a friendship or a romantic, those are always true. Right. Yeah. Totally. Like, yeah. Like if, you, if you're not being taken care of and cherished, then it's not a, it's not a friendship. It's not a relationship. And you're harming no one by extricating yourself. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be like, like I don't know like something that that is obviously like very hurtful or is Mm -mm. outwardly like hard like maybe I mean you even said in your question like being around them makes you tired and frustrated like that's enough if being around someone doesn't bring you joy just say like hey maybe we should just like take some time not hang out with each other like I do you know like just taking time apart from someone who makes you feel that way isn't isn't bad like do is good for you I had to do a similar thing in high school just like a group of people who maybe they you know I'm not saying that is the same in any way but maybe people who just like weren't bad people but weren't for me and just weren't good people for me to have friendships with and I basically told them like nothing against you all you aren't bad people this friendship just isn't what's good for me right now and where I am and being around you all doesn't make me feel better and it should and that that's a really I mean like I, I I agree with you that that is if you can say that if you have that in you to look at a friend group and say that I think that's great to be honest and forthright about it I would say that high school Sydney probably didn't have that <laughs> yeah 
I, I don't think I could have done that. And so I think it's perfectly acceptable because at that age, everybody is figuring themselves out. And in right. the process, you end up hurting other people constantly. Mm-hmm. I think it's perfectly acceptable to say, like, uh, I think I'm just going to eat lunch somewhere else today. And then just don't stop replying to text messages. Right. And when pe- when they make plans, just don't come. Don't yeah. hang out. Like, I think it's okay to just fade away a little bit right. yeah, and not make some giant declaration if you're not comfortable with it. Just yeah. because while I think it's great to always be honest, if we're going to pretend like the teenage years are exactly like adult years yeah, and everyone is mature and can interact on a mature adult level, I mean, obviously not. That's not yeah. the way it works. That's true. Well, and I mean, rather like you were saying, like people, maybe you don't get along with them, but they can get along with each other. Like, I feel like an adult awareness that is important to have when you're like to maybe consider when you're younger it's like it's like you know how like hey we humans love chocolate dogs is they can't eat chocolate because it's toxic to them (laughs) sometimes that's people sometimes the people that like love and relate to each other and get along with each other are absolutely dog chocolate for other people like just because you don't get people doesn't mean they're bad people and it's good to not draw those lines like in your head like they're bad there's something wrong with them like just understand like you're gonna find your people they're gonna find their people it doesn't mean that any of you are bad people it's just that sometimes personalities don't relate like that's that's and that's something i didn't realize until like adulthood like just because someone doesn't get me or i don't get them doesn't mean that one of us has to be bad it just means that one of us is dog chocolate (laughs) for the other only the sith deal in absolutes whoa (laughs) that's true though (laughs) one of us is dog chocolate (laughs) from dog chocolate to jedi and star wars and i love it great wait am i the dog chocolate in this conversation (laughs) no none of us are dog chocolate for each other i think we're all people chocolate we're all peanut butter dogs love peanut butter yeah that was also a very light when Harry met Sally reference that I don't expect anyone to ever get on planet earth, by the way. <laughs> you <laughs> got it though, Sid. And then you told everyone about it. So someone else will probably get it once. You I hope so. I hope somebody it. out there was like, Oh, that was kind of a, I like a dog in this conversation. Kind of 10 a- people got my, my, my fray reference. So somebody's going to get your, when Harry met Sally reference. <laughs> uh, well, I think that's all our questions for now. All our questions for now. Yes. Right. Thank you everybody who sent in questions yeah we really appreciate it i know we didn't answer them all um we can only we can only answer so many in one episode it yeah. wasn't because we didn't read them or they weren't lovely we did read all of them yes and yes. we will we will perhaps be able to answer more in, in the future, future so. so yeah keep yeah. sending us questions yeah. that email um if ours still isn't working i an email came through yeah so, so i feel like it might be fixed it might be fixed that's still buffering at maximumfun.org if it tells you it didn't work, then still buffering questions at gmail.com does work. Yes. <laughs> but I think our max fun email but, now yeah. is up and because we got an email. So right. I, I think it works. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you, sisters. Thank you, sister. And uh, thank you, listeners. Um, if you, Really, if you think of a question, even if we haven't asked for him, go ahead and send them in because we yeah. save them up. We store them. We will do question episodes whenever. Yeah. Yeah. We squirrel them away like nuts in a tree. That's what squirrels do, right? Yep. Put nuts in a tree. Yep. Or chipmunks. I feel like Chippendale used to do that, so maybe it's chipmunks. Maybe it's Chippendale. Anyway. (laughs) They solved mysteries. They weren't busy storing (laughs) nuts. What are you talking about? I don't know. But what Sydney's trying to say. They were detectives. (laughs) They solved crimes. Your questions are (laughs) valuable. (laughs) And sometimes we'll use them as topics, too, not just, you know, for questioning and episodes. So So, uh, (laughs) check out MaximumFun.org for a lot of podcasts you will really enjoy. They're great. They're on our network. And they're our friends. And you should listen to their shows. And uh, you can tweet at us at StillBuff if you would like to do so. And you can email us at either of the emails we've already yeah. mentioned. The whole thing about emails. So, yeah, we did that whole the email, <laughs> that great email bit. <laughs> so you'll remember that one. Tell your friends about that one. Yeah, put, the, put that in the best of. I don't know what we is happening. We can never this record episode. this late again. It's 11 o'clock. I don't know what's happening. I think it's 
great. Let's and thank going. you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And and I, I was <laughs> two. <laughs> two. <laughs> That was the worst one. It's the it's the our connection is poor because it's nighttime. Everybody's watching Netflix, sucking away our bandwidth. Watching. This is Amy Mann. And I'm Ted Leo. And we have a podcast called The Art of Process. We've been lucky enough over the past year to talk to some of our friends and acquaintances from across the creative spectrum to find out how they actually work. And so I have to write material that makes sense and makes people laugh. I also have to think about what I'm saying to people. If I kick your ass, I'll make you famous. The fight to get LGBTQ representation in the show. Mm -hmm. We weirdly don't know as many musicians as you would expect. I really just became a political speechwriter by accident. Accident of realizing that I have accidentally uh, pulled my pants down. <laughs> Listen and subscribe at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcast. It's like if the guinea pig was complicit in helping the scientist. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.